Turning your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're continuing, of course, our study of Paul's letter to his friend and fellow worker Timothy. We're seeing this as a very practical letter. It's not only Paul's encouragement to Timothy, but he also instructs the church at Ephesus, so that's where we can make application. Last week, we moved into chapter 4, and it's beginning to deal with a tough subject, and that's the whole issue of false teachers. In fact, the first part of chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, really deals with false teachers, people who have moved away from the truth of God's Word and teach things that the Bible calls the doctrine of demons. So as we continue this morning, we're going to see how do we deal with these false teachers. That's going to be one of the issues. Paul gives us four things that we do. It's very, very practical. We'll look at it as we go through it, and it'll be helpful to each one of us. Now, here's the key. The key is this. We must know the truth of the Word of God. We must know right so we can know the wrong. So we must know what is right so we can tell what is wrong. And so this morning, we're going to see how do we deal with false teachers. Well, let me start with this question. How do you know truth from error? How do you know right from wrong? How do you know something's real from something that's counterfeit? I had a cousin once that worked in a bank, and when she first started working there, she was going to be a teller, and they said, well, here's what we're going to do for the first week. They had her go back and count money all the time. That's what was her job was for about the first week. Over and over, she counted the money. She thought, why am I just counting the money? And they said to her, you count money all over and over again. You see real money. And the moment you know all this money, whenever something counterfeit comes in, you'll be able to recognize it. Truth is this. If you know what's right, you'll be able to recognize something when it's wrong. At Countryside, we had a, I did a class in, in my Sunday school class on cults, and we've taught it before at CBI. And in the cults class, we don't just teach what these groups believe. We tie it in to show how it's different from the Bible, how well, here's what the Bible says, here's what they say, so that people can see what is right and then what is wrong. When we know the Bible, we'll be able to tell false teaching. Well, this morning, as we continue, and Paul is going to give instructions on how to deal with false teachers. What are we to do? The key is to know truth from error. Well, let's, let's look. Let's think about chapter 4. Paul begins by dealing with these whole false teachers. It's a serious problem. It's a serious problem then, and it's a serious problem now. And we talked about it last week. Do you realize there are people out there who teach things that are contrary to Scripture? Now, there are people who, who are not false teachers. They just don't know. They teach things. If you were to get with them and say, well, you know, the Bible says this, they might go, wow, I never really thought of it that way. Gosh, that's right. That's not a false teacher. A false teacher is a person who knows what they teach. Is contrary to the scripture. That's a false teacher. They are out there. Paul dealt with this. I want you to read, I want to just read this to you. You don't have to turn there. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, at the very beginning of the letter when we started, he said this to Timothy. He says, As I urged you, Timothy, upon my departure from Macedonia, you remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. From the very beginning of the letter, he talked about people who teach things that are wrong, that are a false doctrine, you might say. We began last week as we got into chapter 4, and it gets more and more details. In fact, 4, 1 through 8 actually deal with false teachers. Verses 1 through 5 basically say false teachers are here. And then 6, 7, and 8 tell us how to deal with that. You know, we saw last time that false teachers were there. They taught things. They call, he called it doctrine of demons. And then he said they try to look right. And see, that's one of the deals, one of the problems, is that you can, you can see somebody, you can turn on the television, and they use the name of Jesus, or you can read a book, or you can go someplace, or you can see something, and they use the name of Jesus. And so you think, well, they're saying Jesus' name. It, surely they're okay. They actually try to look, as, as they're described in Corinthians, as angels of light, but they're not. 
They try to look like they follow Jesus Christ, but they don't. So how do we deal with false teachers? Let me break down the passage for you in First, first uh, Timothy 6, uh, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Four things in the outline as we break it down, if we go to the outline. First of all, uh, the very first part, he's going to talk, talk about pointing out false teachers. Then he's going to talk about knowing sound doctrine, sound teaching that ties together. Then he says, reject false teachings. That's the start of verse 7. And then 7 and 8, last of 7 and 8, he talks about living righteously, pursuing righteousness. That's the four things. We'll see them, and I'll go over them in a little bit more detail in just a second. But the bottom line is this. We must know the truth so we can recognize the error. That's the key. And we'll see. Let's see how Paul deals with false teachers. Look at uh, chapter 4. Look at verse 1. We saw this last week, but he says this. He says, The Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, he starts off by saying the Holy Spirit told him, the Holy Spirit who was giving direct revelation to Paul as he wrote these letters down, he said the Holy Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times. Now, we talked last week about the latter times. The latter times are any time after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So really, from first century on, has been the latter times. Anything can happen. You know, the next event is Jesus coming in the clouds. He's going to come in the clouds. The dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him. That's the next event. It could happen at any time. There are no signs. We are in the last days because Jesus could come get us any second. So he says that the Spirit says that in latter times, in the last days, some will fall away from the faith. The word fall away means to move away. It has an idea of own purpose, that they move away from the truths of the Word of God. We realize that there are those who move away from God's Word and teach other things. Now, last time we said that, that a false teacher is a person who knows what they teach is wrong, who knows what they teach is not from the Bible. There are just people who maybe haven't studied the Bible completely yet, or they're, they're still in their process, or all, you know, everything, and they may teach something and, and it's wrong, but it's not because they're a false teacher. They just don't know any better. A false teacher would say, I know this, and I know this, and I'm going to teach this even though I know this says something different. He calls them, in verse 2, he says, By means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. He calls them hypocrites and liars. They're called hypocrites because a hypocrite pretends to be something they're not. They pretend to be followers of Jesus. They are not. He calls them liars because what they teach is not from the Scripture. They are lying. Now, you could say, you mean there are people who actually teach things that they know are not from the Bible? How can they do that? Well, we saw last week it's because they have their seared, their conscience seared. It says in their own conscience as with a branding iron seared. Now, to sear your conscience means that you do something wrong enough that it doesn't bother you anymore. There are people who could stand up and teach things that are contrary to the Bible and they don't even bat an eye. It doesn't even bother them one bit. That's why in verse 3 he talks about what they do. He lists a few things. And then he says, But God has created all things to be gratefully shared by those who believe and know the truth. We are to believe the Word of God. We are to know the Word of God. That is why it goes back to this. The key for us in dealing with false teaching and false teachers is to know the truth of God's Word. Now, Paul's going to deal with that in verses 6, 7, and 8. Let me break this down for you. Here's the four things. I mentioned them a while ago according to the outline. But the first thing he says is point out these things. And in the flow of the context, he's talking about point out false teaching and false teachers. 
And then he says you've got to know sound doctrine, which means you've got to know the truths of the Bible, the sound teachings of the Bible. Then he says you must reject false teaching. I'm going to give you some false teaching. I'm going to show you some things that people say that you may have heard all your life that are not from the Bible, that people accept. As, that They say, well, it's from the Bible, isn't it? No, it's not. And then the fourth thing is to pursue righteousness, to live righteously. Well, let's start with the first thing. And the first thing is to point out these things. Notice verse 6. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy, you need to point these things out. You need to talk about these false teachers and who they are and what they do. And he says, in pointing these out, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Now, the way it's written in the Greek, it's the idea of you keep on pointing these things out. As time goes by, you continually make it known to people what is false teaching and false teachers. This is true for all of us as believers. As we know the Word of God, it is our responsibility to help others. When somebody says something, you say, no, wait a minute, no, 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 that guy, no, that's not from the Bible. And you need to be ready to point that out. He says, Timothy will be a good servant of Christ Jesus as he does that. Now, let's do this. There's false teaching and false teachers. To point out really means to, to, to make known. It has the idea of instructing. In fact, when he says, uh, in pointing these things out, he would say, in instructing these things to others. So it's very important that you understand truth so that you can instruct others. Now, let's talk for a minute about false teaching and false teachers. Let me tell you some false teaching that is out there, okay? Here's some. Some say this, that in order to go to heaven, to order to have eternal life, you have to be good. You have to do good. You have to keep the law. You have to be baptized. You make, it, make a public profession. There are people that say you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to walk down an aisle. You need to get baptized. You need to do good works. You need to be willing to do the following things, and you can be saved. That's false teaching. It's wrong. The Bible doesn't say that. Bible says that salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. You are saved because Jesus died for you, paid for your sins, and you trust in Him and Him alone. It is not your works, goodness, or righteousness. It is by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. Salvation is a gift. If somebody tells you that you have to do something to be saved, that's false teaching. That's wrong. Second, there's some people that say this, that you can believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, but unless you continue to do good works, keep on doing good works, you either, if you don't do that, if you don't keep doing good works, if you can't look at your life and see you're doing good works, then either you lose the salvation that you had or it just shows you never had it. That's false teaching. It is wrong. The Bible never says look to your life to determine your salvation. The Bible says these things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. You can know you have eternal life because the moment you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, He gives you eternal life and you are saved and saved forever. Jesus said, I give you eternal life. You shall never perish. Nobody can pluck you out of my hand. My Father who gave to me is greater than all. Nobody can pluck him out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Every one of you in this room, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, you should never doubt your salvation. You do not look to your lifestyle to determine if you're a Christian. You look back to the fact that you have believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Third teaching. Some people say this. You know, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible's a good book. It, it's, a, it's a really good book. But, you know, I mean, there's some things in there that, that are wrong, like that, the Jonah thing. I mean, nobody's going to be in a fish like that. And, and this whole idea of six days and creation and, and uh, the, like, going across the Red Sea. I mean, part in the Red Sea. I mean, it's a good book, but it's got errors in it and it's stories and those kind of things. That's wrong. 
That's false teaching. The Bible is the word of God. It's alive and powerful and sharply and two-edged sword. Goes to the heart of the matter. Never comes back void. It's profitable. It is the truth. It is God's written revelation to us. It is perfect and accurate. And whatever you read in there, you can say, that is right on, baby. That's the stuff, right? That's what you say. Okay? Another thing that some people say is that in order to live the Christian life, you need to come under the rules. You need to come under the Mosaic Law. You need to come under all these commandments. You need to come under these things, all the rights and the wrongs and the do's and the don'ts. I want you to understand that's wrong. You're not under the Mosaic Law. The Christian life is not a set of rules. The Christian life is a walk of faith in the power of the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. It is not legalism or rules. It is grace through faith. It is a walk of faith. So that's just some false teaching that you can see. Now, last week I told you that I would tell you maybe of some false teachers. I changed my mind. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you two names just for you to know. And there's many more. There's a man who is older now. He's almost through with his ministry. But he's had a ministry for a long time. But here's what he teaches. He teaches that in the garden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they ate the fruit and they fell, they didn't fall. They didn't sin. They didn't do anything wrong. That the garden, what happened in the garden is they lost their self-esteem. They do not need a redeemer or a savior. They do not need someone to die for them and pay for their sins. What mankind needs is to get a better self-image. Do you know who teaches that? Robert Schuller, the Crystal Cathedral. Get his books. Read what he says about salvation. There is no salvation for him. Man's not fallen. Man doesn't need a savior. Man needs just to wake up and realize who he is. There's another person that is pretty famous. He's all over the place. His name is Benny Hinn. About eight years ago, uh, Christianity Today went to him. That's a magazine, probably the most respected Christian magazine in the country, went to him. They had watched his teachings. They had watched his crusades. They saw the things that he taught were not biblical. And so they went to interview him, and they said, we would like to ask you some questions. The interview was in Christianity Today. And they said, it seems to us that you teach things that are not in the Bible and that they're not biblical. And he said, yes, I teach things that are not in the Bible and they're not biblical. They said, don't you think you should stop doing that? He said, I will try to do better. A year later, Christianity Today came back to meet with him again because nothing changed, and he refused to meet with them. And he has never met with them since. He's never met with anybody since, and he still teaches false things. He still teaches things that are contrary to the Bible. He knows what he teaches is contrary to the Bible. So that's just two names. There are many people out there that you can read books, turn on television, and they teach what we call a prosperity theology that implies that if you are a Christian then you're gonna, you should be wealthy and that you should prosper and that everything you do should turn back to you and you really shouldn't be sick and all those kind of things. And if you were to get sick, it's just because you don't have enough faith and the problem goes back to you. There are many people on the airways that teach that message. There are many people who teach an unclear or a false message of salvation. They add works to salvation, or they confuse the message so much that people don't know what to believe. There's a lot out there. The first aspect of dealing with false teachers and false teaching is to point it out. That's what he says. So point out false teaching 
and false teachers. Second thing, he says you must know sound doctrine. In other words, you must know the Bible. Look what he says, verse 6, In pointing out these things to the brethren, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. So the second thing is to you must know what you believe. You must be nourished on the truths of God's word. You must know right from wrong. And as we said, we have to know the word of God so we can know what is right. That's the key. He says, sound doctrine, he says, be nourished on the words of the faith and of sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is teaching from God's word. Notice he says, be nourished. And literally it keeps the idea of keep on feeding on the word of God. You've got to know the scripture. That's the bottom line. You've got to feed on the scripture. You've got to know it. You've got to train yourself to understand and be instructed in the word of God. As we deal with false teachers, the only way you're going to be able to know what's wrong is to know what's right. And so he says, point them out, but you've got to dig the, script, the, the Scripture and know what it says. First Peter 2, 2, is a newborn babe, desire the sincere miracle of the Word that you may grow by it. We're told to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ. Notice how he puts it in this passage, uh, that you're nourished on the words of the faith. The faith is the truth, the things that we believe, and of the sound doctrine. That's the Bible, the things in the Scripture. So he's talking about that you've got to nourish, you've got to grow, you've got to eat up the Scripture. You have to. You have to be grounded in the Word of God so you won't be tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine. You have to know what's right. We are commanded to know the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show yourself approved to workmen need not be ashamed handling accurately the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.2 Take what you've been taught and trust this to faithful people who will to teach others as well. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the Word in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instructions. We have to do that. That's what we're required to do. Get into the Word. Know the Word. We have to know truth. Let me show you some things. We have to know truth. Next slide. Look, we have to know truth about salvation. That it's by grace. You are saved through faith, not yourself. It's the gift of God. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. Salvation is a gift simply by faith in Jesus Christ. We have to know that. We have to know that we are secure in Christ, that we look to Christ as the assurance of our salvation. We are secure in Christ. Our assurance comes from looking at our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that died for us and paid for our sins. He is the one that gives us eternal life. We can know that. We have to understand the Christian life. Colossians 2, 6, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. You received Him by faith. It's a walk of faith. Power of the Holy Spirit, Word of God. That's how we live the Christian life. We have to know that. We have to know the rewards that one day you'll stand before Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for the things that we've done in this body. And we've got to understand future things. First Thessalonians 4, the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him. Revelation 19 and 20, Jesus Christ comes to the earth. The, the first one, the, the uh, first Thessalonians is the rapture where we're taken off the face of the earth. The second one deals with his second coming as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We must know the truth. You want to know the truth? You can come Sunday morning, Sunday night. You can take CBI classes. You can get in the 2-2. You can get in the 412 studies. You can do all kinds of things. We want to teach you the truth so that you'll be grounded in the Word of God. It's very powerful. Notice how this verse says it. It says, constantly nourished on the words, of, words uh, of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you, and he's talking to Timothy there, which you have been following. That word following there means invested. Timothy had invested his life in the Word of God. And this is what he had been doing. In fact, from childhood, the Bible talks about that. So we need to know the Word of God and the truth. 
Because when you know the Word of God in truth, you'll be able to recognize immediately false teaching. Bruce Wilkinson said this. He said, the best way to avoid being taken by lies is to take the truth, the Word of God. Point out what is wrong. No sound doctrine. The third thing, reject false teaching. Look what he says in verse 7. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. That's how he puts it in this passage. He says, have nothing to do with fables. The word fable means myth. It has the idea of, of, of false teaching. And when he says have nothing to do, he says reject it. He says remove it, get rid of it, decline it. And when he says worldly, he says worldly fables, the word worldly there means uh, profane. It means no profit to it. Sometimes it's even called empty, empty talk. He says have nothing to do with this. Now, let me give you some things. I'm going to give you three things that you may have heard people say all your life. And a lot of people think this is biblical. Look at this. Some people say there are many ways to God. Each person must find his own way. That's wrong. There are not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Acts 4, 12. There's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we might be saved except the name Jesus Christ. There is no other way to God except Jesus. There are not many ways to God. There's only one way, Jesus Christ. Number two, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, if a person kills himself, they, they'll go to hell, they won't go to heaven? That's wrong. When a person believes in Jesus Christ as Savior, they have eternal life and they're saved forever, regardless of what they do with their life. Number three, God loves everybody. That's true. Nobody goes to hell. That's false. God loves everybody that he sent his son. <laughs> See? See, part of it's true, part of it's false. God loves everybody so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for every person, to pay for every person's sins, and to offer the gift of eternal life to whoever will believe. And people do go to hell, not because God says, I'm automatically sending you to hell. It's because they do not believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, you get eternal life, righteousness, and forgiveness. You have to have those three things to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Righteousness, eternal life, and forgiveness. They all come by faith. Reject false teaching. So he says, point out the false teachers and teachings. Know the word of God. Reject false teaching. There's one more thing. And that is to pursue righteousness. Notice what he says again. Have nothing to do with worldly misfit only for old women. On the other hand, here we go. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now the idea there is to keep on. Keep on dip, disciplining yourself. It means to exercise. It means to train yourself. You train yourself to be godly. Godliness doesn't just happen. You have to train yourself to be godly, to be a godly person. We choose to be godly. We're in, a, we're in a fallen world with a flesh. The natural bent is for us to sin. We have to decide that we're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We have to decide we're going to live by the Scripture. We have to decide we're going to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Remember this. If we are not consciously being transformed by the Word of God, we will unconsciously be conformed to this world. If you're not consciously deciding you're going to take the Word of God and it's going to change you, you will unconsciously be conformed to this fallen world. It's going to happen to you. You're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to train yourself to be a godly person. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to walk in the Spirit. You're going to have to stop letting sin reign in your mortal body. You're going to have to be transformed. You're going to have to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be a holy person. The Christian life does not just happen. Growth does not just happen. We must train ourselves. Next slide, I think. We must train ourselves to know and apply the Word of God. 
This is powerful. He says, first of all, you've got to point out false teaching and teachers. You've got, to, you've got to dig the scripture and know it. You've got to reject false teaching. And then you've got to train yourself to be godly. Are we men and women living by the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are we rejecting false teaching? Are we pursuing godliness? Now, he ends this little section by showing the contrast between physical discipline, you might say, and spiritual discipline. Notice what he says in verse 8. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness, that spiritual discipline, is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And here's what he says. He says, you know, uh, bodily exercise, bodily discipline is profitable of a little. Now, a lot of us, we like to work out two, three times a week, four times a week. We lift weights and do all that good stuff. And he says, yeah, that's good. That's good for you. It is. It's good for you, but for a little time. But godliness is profitable. For all things. And godliness means living righteously according to the scripture. And he says something that's so amazing in this passage. Look what he says. For bodily discipline is only for a little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise. Notice. For the present life and for the life to come. See, godliness helps you not only now, but even in the future. Look at this. It helps us now that we have the abundant life. John 10.10, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. As you live godly and righteously in this present life, you have that abundant life. It helps you now. But in the future, when you stand before Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.10, and the whole idea of rewards, and you'll stand before him and you live the godly life, he says, well done. Well done good and faithful servant. Every one of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior will stand before Jesus Christ. Not It's no determination of hell or heaven because that's determined when you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. It's to determine your rewards. Let me tell you about rewards for just a second. Every believer will stand before Jesus Christ. It will be based on our service and he'll either say, well done, good and faithful servant, or you will be ashamed at his coming has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is a gift, costs you nothing. That has to do with your service for Christ as you live on this earth, as you seek to be a godly person, as you live righteously and godly. When you stand before him, he's going to say, well done. And if you don't live righteously and godly, if you don't pursue righteousness, you'll be ashamed that it's coming. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It has to do with rewards, your eternal rewards. Do you know the Word of God? Can you point out false teachers and false teaching? Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Are you living by the word? Have you rejected false teaching? Are you pursuing godliness? Because it has the promise of blessing now and in the future as well. Let me give you some applications. First one, go to the word of God for truth. That's it. That's the key. The basis for our life is the word of God. It's the authority. It's sound doctrine. It's God's word. It's what we call, as he says in this passage, uh, the words of the faith and the sound doctrine. It's the Bible. Base your life on the scripture. Do you believe it? What do you believe and why? Do you know and apply the scripture? You need to study it. Every one of us in this room, we need to have our own time in which we dig the scripture ourselves. And at the same time, not only you have your own time, but you should be involved in this local body, connected either in some small group, whether you come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, the CBI classes, some group in which you are studying and being taught the scripture so you can know it and you can be prepared to go to the word of God. A, be able to recognize false teaching. When you turn on the TV, 
pick up a book, hear a, a, a you know a CD, or go online and download a podcast and listen to that stuff. Be able to recognize when somebody says something and you say, wait a minute, that doesn't match. That doesn't match. Be ready to recognize it. B, point out false teachers. You have to be ready because there may be your friends, there may be other people that you may have to say, no, 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 don't read that. No, don't go to that guy. No, the guy's not accurate. The guy teaches things contrary to the Scripture. Reject false teaching and live by the Word. Number two is pursue godliness. That's the key. Know and apply the Word of God. Make the decision that you are going to be a godly person, that you're going to pursue righteousness, that you're going to be different in this world, that you're going to live in a way that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. You know why? Because it does two things. Living godly now, you can be used by God as an ambassador, an instrument. There's abundant life. But in the future, there will be rewards when you stand before your Savior. Very, very powerful. Are you seeking to be like Christ? It's not natural. It's supernatural. Make it our goal to know and apply the word of God and to be righteous and godly even now. Know the word. Point out the false teachers. Be a faithful servant both now and in the future. May we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. May we point out false teachers and teachings. May we live by the word of God and pursue godliness so that we'll hear him say, Well done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a passage. Thank you for these truths. There's just so much here, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that we'll go to the Word of God for truth. It's the authority. We'll base our lives on it. We'll study it. We'll dig it. We'll understand it. We'll make application in our lives. We'll pass it on to others. Lord, that we'd be able to recognize false teaching when it comes about, that we would be able to understand it and see what it is and be able to point it out. And then, then, Lord, that we would pursue godliness, that we would live righteously and godly now. We'd live by the Bible because it would help us now to have that abundant Christian life and be used by you but it also help us in the future when we stand before you so we could hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, thank you for these passages. Help us as believers to be able to stand for the truth in a fallen world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.